You are listening to the Akron Abide Bible Study Podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Abide. Open up your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 12, Romans chapter number 12, and we are continuing our series looking at the one another's in the Bible. We are looking at all of the one another passages found in the Word of God, and we are kind of compiling them together to bring forth a a guide for strengthening God-given relationships. And the reason why we're doing this series is because deep in the heart of every human, I believe, is a desire for community. It absolutely is, right? God designed us to be relational beings and wants us to experience abundant life-giving relationships. And that's why we see the phrase one another found so much in the word of God. In fact, the phrase one another is mentioned 100 times in 94 New Testament verses indicating that we need each other in the Christian life. You see, God never intended for his children to be isolated and alone. That's one of the reasons why he established the church. And in this series, that's what we're going to deal with. We are going to discover powerful truths from the one another passages of the New Testament, and we are going to learn God's design for cultivating healthy and godly relationships. Now, we kind of introduced our series last week, and we looked at Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 through 5, and we looked at the one another passage mentioned there. But this week, we are kind of continuing the thought that we were dealing with last week. This is part two of lesson one. And we are going to deal with Romans chapter 12 and verses five through eight in this week's lesson. But the primary verse stays the same, all right? The primary verse that we're dealing with in last week's lesson and this week's lesson is Romans chapter 12 and verse five, where the Bible says, so we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. We see that phrase one another there in Romans chapter 12 and verse number five. And the cool thing is in that verse, we discover a powerful truth. Romans chapter 12 and verse five teaches us that Christians are connected. Christians are one. The Bible says we are one body and we are members one of another. And as members one of another, we have specific responsibilities to exhort, admonish, and encourage one another. That is our job as Christians, but many of you know, sadly, in most churches today, we see the opposite taking place, right? We see divisions, disharmony, and we see disunity. And sometimes it seems like churches are better at destroying relationships than edifying and growing relationships. But this really shouldn't be. No, God calls each person to have a deeper relationship with him and a deeper relationship with others. And it is God's will that the church should serve as a model for all functioning and working together. And that's what we covered in our lesson last week. In Romans chapter 12, we see a clear guide to how the church should function. And we looked at three truths that we're going to kind of review quickly today. We looked at the warning to believers The Apostle Paul began with a warning in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. He tells us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to think soberly. And the warning is, don't let pride infiltrate your mind. Because pride can destroy relationships and pride can destroy a church. And that's one of the reasons why leading up to verse 3, he tells us that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. He tells us to live a life 
of sacrifice, to live a life of service, to not be selfish, but to be selfless. And then he goes on to say in verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he says, if you present your body a living sacrifice, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And therefore, if you do that, you will prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And you will not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. That's kind of the idea there in Romans chapter 12. But the warning is, don't let pride infiltrate your heart. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but to think soberly, think correctly about yourself and others. So we looked at the warning to believers. But then in verse number four, we highlighted the wonder of believers. And this is where we dealt with primarily in last week's lesson. The Bible says, for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So even though we are all connected, and even though we are all part of one body, we all have different functions. We all have different functions in life, and we all have different functions in the church. And this highlights the uniqueness of individuals in Christ. You see, Christians are not to be cookie cutter. No, Christians are all unique, and God has created us all with a unique set of talents abilities and functions that are to be used for the furtherance of the gospel in the local church. We all have a different shape, spiritual gifts, hearts, ability, personality, and experiences that can be used to help the local church. And that is the wonder of believers, and we looked at that last week as well. And then we also introduced our third point. We weren't able to get into it fully last week, but the third point that we covered was the work of believers. And we're going to continue that thought today and look at the work as Christians. You see, it's not enough to just have a warning, and it's not enough to understand the wonder of our uniqueness as Christians, but we need to also fulfill the plan and purpose that God has for us to do what God would have us to do in our local church and as individuals connected together in the body of Christ. You see, God's plan for the unity of the church can be realized when the believers properly carry out their work. And that's what we discover in verses 5 and 6 of our text. Look at verse 5 one more time. The Bible says, So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. We see that phrase, one another. But then it says this in verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So even though we're members of one body, we have different gifts. God has given us gifts and talents to be used in our local church. And these are known as spiritual gifts. And some of these spiritual gifts are found in Romans chapter 12 and verses 6 through 8. So let's finish our topic in Romans chapter 12 concerning being members one of another. The Bible says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do with simplicity. He that rules with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. In those verses, we see some of the spiritual gifts that you and I can have as Christians. You see, the fact is, guys, God has equipped each of us with spiritual gifts. Now, he doesn't give us these spiritual gifts for ourselves, but to minister and to build up the body of Christ. 
And that's what we are going to deal with today. We are going to deal with the topic of spiritual gifts, and we're going to look at how to use those spiritual gifts in our local church. Now, I do want to clarify that there are differing opinions on this subject, and sometimes this topic can get somewhat controversial. We are not dealing with the controversial topic of spiritual gifts today. We are primarily dealing with the spiritual gifts that can be used in the 21st century. You see, there are ultimately three categories of spiritual gifts found in the Word of God. There are sign gifts, gifts that were available in the first century church. There are speaking gifts, gifts that can be used when it comes to preaching and teaching. And then there are serving gifts, gifts that can be used to help serve your local church. Now, we are not dealing with the sign gifts today. We are only dealing with the gifts that are available in the 21st century. And those gifts are the speaking gifts and the serving gifts. All right. And that's what we're going to cover in today's episode. And I'm super excited about it because after the death of Jesus, we find out in the Bible that a dozen disciples spread the miraculous news of God's son. They went into all the worlds with the gospel and that small band of believers multiplied and became the early church. And through the Holy Spirit, God equipped each member of the church with a gift to help them serve and strengthen each other. And these gifts empowered Christians to do God's work, yielding greater fruits than might be possible beyond their own talents. And I want you to know that God is still in the gift-giving business today. He is still providing spiritual gifts. Now, simply put, spiritual gifts are special gifts given by God for Christian service. That's ultimately what they are. They are unique abilities God gives to help us do his work. So let me ask you something, all right? What are some things that you do well? What are some things that you're good at? Now, don't be modest. Every one of us have some things that we are good at. We all have talents, right? Things that we can do well. What are some of those things? Well, some of the gifts God has given you fall into the category of natural talents, or natural ability. They are a gift from God, but these talents are given to everyone. At our physical birth, we're born with natural abilities that we can do well. Natural, God-given talents and abilities. Some people have a natural talent to be good at sports, to be good at music, to be good at arts. Those are natural talents. But the Bible also tells us that at our spiritual birth, we receive spiritual gifts. Now, here's a good definition of a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a supernatural endowment given to all believers by God's grace that was initiated after Christ's ascension. That's a good definition of a spiritual gift. A supernatural endowment given to all believers by God's grace that was initiated after Christ's ascension. Now, there are four passages in Scripture that list out some of the spiritual gifts that we can have. It's found in Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 through 21, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 1 through 16, and 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 1 through 19. That's where the spiritual gifts are mentioned that you and I can have. And the Bible gives these insights about spiritual gifts all throughout the Word of God to help us understand what spiritual gifts are about. And I've got five of them I'd like you to write down. And the first one is this. 
God wants us to be knowledgeable about spiritual gifts. That's one thing he wants us to realize and know. That's why this lesson is so important. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And this is really convicting and really important for me as pastor. You see, there's a lot of churches that don't preach or teach on spiritual gifts. And if they do, they are preaching it uh, not correctly in some ways. Many churches are not preaching this doctrine correctly. And so it's my job to teach it in the correct way, what the Bible is actually saying, and for you to be equipped and knowledgeable about your spiritual gifts. And that's why we're doing this lesson. That's number one. God wants us to be knowledgeable about spiritual gifts. But not only that, number two, every Christ follower has been given at least one gift. That's something that we need to remember as well. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine about this topic actually this, this morning. And he asked me, he said, do you believe every Christian has a spiritual gift? And I said, absolutely I do. The Bible says it. And the Bible does. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, the Bible says, as every man hath received the gift. We all have a spiritual gift that can be used in our life for the furtherance of the gospel in our local church. Every Christian has been given at least one spiritual gift. So that's number two. Number three, write this down. Our spiritual gifts have been given to equip us to serve. They have been given to help us serve in our local church. And that's what we see in the back half of 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. The Bible says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So in other words, because we have been given a spiritual gift, it is our job to minister and to serve one another. To serve one another. Our spiritual gifts have been given to help us serve. That's number three. And then number four, and this is self-explanatory, but this is really cool. God wants us to use our spiritual gifts. Did you know that? This spiritual gift is not something that's to be secret. No, it's to be used. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee, right? God wants us to use our spiritual gifts in our local church. And then number five, God has already planned the good works he wants us to do. Did you know that? God gave you this spiritual gift in your life for a reason, and it is to be used for good works, and he has planned these good works in your life. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, God has a perfect plan for your life. Your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. And his plan for your life includes a spiritual gift to be used for good works, to be used for the furtherance of the gospel. So those are the five things that I want you to remember about spiritual gifts. God wants us to be knowledgeable about spiritual gifts. Every Christ follower has been given at least one gift. Our spiritual gifts have been given to equip us to serve. God wants us to use our spiritual gifts, and God has already planned the good works he wants us to do. Those are five things concerning spiritual gifts. Now, you may be thinking today, how can I help people identify their gifts so they can serve with purpose and passion? Or what is my spiritual gift? How can I figure this out so I can serve with purpose and passion? You may be thinking that today. Well, that brings us to what 
we are going to do for the remainder of this lesson, but we are going to take a spiritual gift assessment. An assessment on the spiritual gifts to kind of get an idea of maybe what your spiritual gift might be. Because if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have a spiritual gift. 